0: Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Lord God, you are the shepherd and we are the sheep. You are the teacher, we are the students. Here we are your disciples. Um, pray, God, that you would speak to us, Father, uh, through your word. That's really all we have to offer, Lord, is a hope that you will um, be with us. Yet we stand on the promise that you have told us that you will, that you will send your Spirit, and that we would hear from you, that you, your Word would work in us, and that you would reveal yourself to us. And so, God, we just, um, as we look into these parables, we ask God that you would help us to grow. I ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Alright, so we have a strange little Zoom thing. We usually have one or two folks logging in on Zoom and we had a strange little thing for Zoom this morning. So just one second, what's uh nine
1: three
0: one. All right. That is bizarre. So I'm just going to be completely and totally transparent with you on about a couple of things. The first thing is that Amy says that I always hold my coffee cup, but I never drink it. And I just think that I've never noticed that before. I do always have a coffee cup. and She says I never drink it because I just talk the whole time. And then I just, so. (laughs) Uh, The other thing is that I did my research this week. On these parables, but between the election and the sermon, and my wife being out of town, and my three kids and all their sports things, I didn't get anything on paper. And normally I would, I would, I would almost not. I just would not tell you, but I just feel like I should tell you that. And just I'm asking you to pray for it. Probably going to be the same thing next week. Um, this is weird. I don't know what's going on. Um, I know, I know what is. I know what we want to say. So what we're going to do is we're just going to go through this um, it passage. It, it just did something weird, but now it's, it's working out. Um, we're just going to go through the passage. It's, it's uh, we're in chapter 13 of of Matthew. This is, these are the parables, and um, it's just it's really these are parables of the kingdom. There are some parables of, of grace, and and it really towards the end of his ministry, we get parables of judgment. And um, and this looks for all the world, this first one anyway, looks for all the world like a parable of judgment. But it's really, and and I'll I'll tell you about sort of what the uh, what Robert Capon says. Robert Capon is the is the guy I listen to the most about these parables. But um, about the difference between the parable of the weeds and the explanation of the parable of, of the weeds. But, so let's um, so we, last we looked at the, the introduction to parables. Why does Jesus teach in parables? And we said it's, it's not like a sermon illustration. Like when I give you a sermon illustration, what I'm trying to do is make it clearer, um, and that is not necessarily how it works. So a lot of times, if you if you are looking at a parable and you think, "Wait a second, I still don't understand that. That doesn't that doesn't seem right." That that's just you're probably on the right track because it is um, uh, it, it it works less like a sermon illustration, more like an onion, right? There's just a lot of layers to it, and and it and um and we said last week it's sort of like uh, things in in. Harry Potter, where it's just bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And so we read the uh, parable of the, the sower, and, uh, and we got a lot out of it, a lot more than just four types of soil and four types of people. And I think we will get that from our three parables today, the parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed, and the parable of the leaven. Uh, a long one, a medium one, and a very short one. What do you, uh, when you read parables, do you look forward to it or do you dread it?
1: I'll be honest, I dread it.
0: You dread it. Tell me why.
1: It's hard to understand. Yeah. And I feel
0: bad that
1: I don't understand them because I feel like I should understand
0: them. Because it's such a simple story. Right. I mean, it's usually such a simple story, and and yet it probably again that probably means that you are on the right track because you're peeling back the layers. Yeah, good. What else? Yeah, Denise. I Google it. You Google it, and Google. you can trust that, and whatever you find. Yeah. <laughs> I have
1: and I found the ones. There's one called the Working. Okay. I really like that one.
0: The Working Preacher. The
1: Working Preacher. I, re- I read that one. But, and you have to go through and say, no, this is ridiculous and discarded. And yeah. But I read my Bible with my phone because now that's what I do. I've been reading Luke and it's, it's hard.
0: It is. Very hard. Yeah. So that's, what, I mean, that's one of the things I've said in, in the sermon this morning is that reading the Bible can be hard. And yet it works in us. It understands us more than we understand it. A lot of times, it's like that water, water in the plants, right? It just gets in there and gives strength from from the from the ground up. So, um, so yeah, that's good. That's really, really good. Anything else? Anybody else want to add to that? So it's yeah, Jane. Your sermon was excellent. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you. That's what I really wanted you to say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I mean, honestly, like if you thought, I got five loaves and two fish. I promise you, and maybe not even that. And if God can take that, Lord have mercy. Give him, the, give him the glory. Please, please, please. Okay, let's read the parable of the weeds. It's so funny that we call this the parable of the weeds. It just it just goes to what we normally think about. See if. Let's read it and see if you think it ought to be called the parable of the weeds. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, the Enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Well, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Just let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into the barn. So, is that a good title? Parable of the Weeds? What do you think? Sure. Sure. Why
1: not? I mean, it's not. Okay. I think it's a little... Defend it. Well, the weeds are the unusual thing.
0: The weeds are the unusual thing. Yes, it's,
1: the, it's what's been brought in.
0: Okay, they've been added to.
1: And obviously, it's the sheep and the the good and the bad get divided in the end.
0: Okay, they, there's division in the end, a, a sorting of sorts.
1: Most of the time, don't you want when you're a gardener and you go out, the first thing you do is go, I don't
0: want those weeds and pluck them up. Yeah, this is. Terrible gardening. Why would you not go get the weeds? The, the servants make good sense. Yes, you're right. You're jumping ahead.
2: <laughs>
0: but you're right. <laughs> yeah, John.
2: Being a farmer growing up, if you went out and pulled the weeds, you often did
1: get
2: some of the crop to Okay. It. And the thing of it is, no matter how clean the field is, the weeds come in and grow Regardless, there's always going to be weeds. Yeah, you can see that yeah, your
0: with the grass. What yeah. Is that? yeah. I actually just have a weed garden, it's not, it's not <laughs> good. I even, put, uh, I didn't even put any healthy things in there. All, the All right, so answer the question though is it a is it good title or not? You like the title, or, or do you want, to, you want to change the title? All right,
2: I think it's a good title, but I think we missed the spiritual part of it.
0: We missed the spiritual part. Okay. All right. I know. I agree. I, I don't disagree. I think that. I mean, I would rather be at least called the wheat and the, the wheat and the weeds, or, or the, the. But I, it's really the, uh, uh, the the long suffering farmer. I, I think. So let let's let's take a look. So so um in in her uh, exuberant haste, uh, Susie said that, that if you are are a, uh, if if you are a farmer. Why wouldn't you get up the weeds? Now, John, tell me about it. you're a farmer, you grew up a farmer, and I did not. But uh, so tell me why wouldn't you said that, that if you get a lot of times if you pick up the weeds you accidentally pick out the the crop as well. So tell me about but but do you still go after the weeds or what?
2: After the crop grows, yeah,
0: we grow after the weeds. Okay. The so you just plants, you do this is this is actually okay. to the, the plants that we planted.
2: Okay. them grow big enough to where when we pull the weeds up we did pull up
0: well, what we just found out in the last parable is that that um, that we, if the the weeds and the thorns are going to choke out the good the good plant, right? That's what we that's what the parable said last time. It, is are the weeds not going to take up the nutrients and choke out the the roots? Are going to choke out the root the good roots or what? What's no interesting? Because I would have thought, and I'm and I'm I'm. It would be overstating it to say I'm a junior gardener. Um, it is to say that, that you, you do take those out, but I can understand the, uh, the fear of, of taking out the good. The problem is, is, what are these weeds? What are they? Well, they are uh, actually darnell, um, which is a uh, type of weed that looks, for all the world, like wheat. It looks just like it. And you can't tell the difference until the harvest time. You can't. It looks like it. it it's the same color. It's the same until until the husk, where it. Is, the, it's not the fruit, but with the the grain comes forth from from the wheat plant and the darnell plant. They look the same. And and so what it looks like here is that the, the servants of the farmer have really good sense. Like, we we want to preserve what you have placed down, Mr. Farmer. And, and the farmer says that the best thing to do for the good is to let the evil, the, or let the bad, grow alongside it. And the truth is that you can't tell which one is which until the very end. And rather than then plucking out by some means of of agricultural violence, uh, we you know pulling the things out at the wheat at the roots. The um, rather than sort of judgment, if you will, the farmer's <coughs> choice is long suffering. Let them grow together, and then we'll know by their fruit. Um. So, that is not the way we typically like to handle good and evil. We want to pluck it out. Um, and rightly so, like the servants. We don't want it to, you know, and going back to the parable of the sower, we could, we could go right there and say if we, if we let it grow, it's just going to choke out the good. Why do you think the farmer? says to the well-meaning servants, the servants aren't doing anything wrong. Why would this farmer say to these well-meaning servants, let them grow together? And I think Jesus is saying that the very best thing for the good, and in fact for the preservation of the most good, to leave the evil right there. And we'll know in the end, but even the servants, the well-meaning servants, even they, can't tell the difference. Now we know, there are other parables about the sheep and the goats and the good fish and the bad fish. There's several parables of, eschatological judgment. You know what I mean by eschatological? That's end times, like the, at the end of all things, there's there's this final judgment. And there's several parables like that. But what um, I, I think Robert Capon makes a really uh, compelling point that Jesus in his first telling of the parable that it's less, it's much less about the judgment at the end and the and the burning of the darnel and the and the, uh, and the gathering of the wheat into the barn and much more about the waiting in this present time and if that's true then how does that speak to your life
1: maybe a time for redemption
0: a time for redemption well, that's interesting. That's really good, Susie. Really good because what I think that implies is maybe I'm weed rather than wheat, and I need to be changed a little bit. I would have probably said, "Well, that makes me think that as as the wheat that I am, that I I need to you know hope that some some others get get changed." But you're right. We're actually we got we all of us got weeds, right? And so. Uh, We're all, you know, goats needing to be turned into sheep at some point. Uh, Kay and then John. uh,
1: Don't you think that our faith is strengthened when we're first faced with adversity?
0: Yes, ma'am. I do. I do. we
1: grow stronger?
0: Yes, in fact.
1: There there, there was nothing adverse in our lives what we we would be.
0: God takes the good and the bad and uses it for His glory in our lives. And if it was only good, which we would really prefer, uh, you're right. We would never... uh, It's like muscles that never pick anything up as heavy. They're just going to stay weak. So there's a sense in which the adversity and the difficulty is actually for the strengthening of the good. I love that. That's really good. John? I look at it like a congregation. If
2: you look at a congregation, you're going to have good people and not so good people in that congregation. Yeah,
0: we've got people come to the rector's forum and those who don't. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But the thing of it is, if you, if you try to cast out those
2: that you don't think are good, you're going to get some of the good people cast out. <coughs> so, but at the same time, if you allow the, the, the ones that aren't so good to stay with the congregation, they can be redeemed. So I think that's why I say I think we miss the spiritual message in this a lot of times when we read it because we're thinking about the crop and not
0: about the people. Yeah. So there's a sense in which the the issue is not the the fear that the wheat will be cast out, but the hope that the darnell will be brought in, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yes, Katie. Well,
1: it's it's also harder for man to determine the seed, the good wheat from the weeds. Because some of us can all some of us can all look like good wheat on the outside, but in the inside we are still wheat. That's right. And so give us time to grow and get to that point where yeah. in our hearts we're wheat too. Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, that's right. The the issue is not so what I love about this is the issue is not teaching Darnell to grow wheat. It's a total change in it. That's that's what would be that was and in fact what would be required would be an uprooting and a replanting. And that's that's death and resurrection. I mean that's what's really required. Somehow God does that without killing the plant. Um, so that's what that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're aiming for. So what's interesting, um, so that, that's 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 the that's the parable as it's as it's told and it's it's not eschatological, as eschatological to the very end and uh, in which um, you you wonder if if that's really Jesus I mean it makes it makes you wonder if that is that Jesus' uh, true intent now if you just take it uh, on on the on the face value which is a really a fine way to take it then then maybe it is but it just seems that he that the point at least the 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 pertinent and relevant uh, everyday point is is sometimes God's not in a hurry to root these things out of our life because there is, in fact, opportunity for redemption and strengthening. Um, And then we get the mustard seed and the leaven. And every time, the leaven is only here, but every, actually it might be in Luke as well, But the um, mustard seed is in in Mark and Luke as well, so it's in all all three. And in every time, it's placed in an eschatological, a seemingly eschatological context. And every time, there's really basically nothing eschatological about uh, the mustard seed, nothing in times about the mustard seed, I don't think. You can can, uh, let me know if you think I'm, I'm wrong about that. But he, but it is. It's like Jesus says, "All right, listen. Enough with that. And all you're worried about is what's going to happen at the end. Let he's turn. He's. It's like he's turning our attention away on purpose. So, somebody read the uh, the mustard seed for us. Just so that's thirty one and thirty two. Just just read that out loud for me put another parable before them saying the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field it is the smallest of all seeds but when it has grown it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches all right so you're reading this in your daily devotion what do you what do you get from this what do you take from it Plant like one little seed in someone; it can grow. You plant a seed in someone, and it can grow. What else? I mean, that's right. But what else? There's more. What spot? Give me the next layer, or another layer. Again, you can look at the agricultural side and see if we will plant
2: a mustard seed in. It.
0: I've never heard of that before. That is very interesting. He said it is actually illegal in Israel to plant a mustard seed in a garden because it will take over the whole garden. Interesting. I have. I can. I cannot refute that. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I've never heard that. That's so it's interesting. Illegal in Israel to plant the kingdom of heaven. The flip side of
2: that is totally different because the seed of faith grow to encompass many people mm-hmm. the faith of the Christian faith is one of the largest faiths in the world right mm-hmm. so again it's like the mustard seed it started out very small yep
0: grown very large. so he John said that just the Christian faith is like that one of the largest Face in the world, and and you know started out very in these Even right in front of it, very small.
1: Even Jesus started out as such a small thing, but his word spread. Yes,
0: indeed, his word spread out. absolutely. Jesus was just one man, man, and then he appealed to um, you know a small group, you know, twelve people, and there was you know a few beyond uh, that as well, hundred or so, and then uh, and then that word just continued to spread. That's right. Denise, you were, did you? Were said, yeah.
1: It reminds me almost of the Great Commission.
0: How does it remind you of the Great Commission?
1: It, it shows our part from the spread of faith. Okay. That Jesus was only in one little small area of the world, but yet look how His followers answering that Great Commission spread across
0: the whole world. Mm-hmm. So, in the parable of the sower last week, you have... The sower casting the seed out indiscriminately, all over the place. Now, what the seed does is going to be different in different places, and we kind of I pull this around so we have all of those in our own uh, types of soil in our own hearts. Um, we see the same thing in in, uh, in the weeds, the parable of the of the wheat and the weeds, where we have uh, the the seed is sown over the whole field, and then it's, the seed is cast uh, again. And here again, we have this um, this mustard seed, which is uh, the smallest of all seeds. Now it's not, and people say, "Oh, well, Jesus was wrong about that." And who knows what else he's. wrong I mean, come on, like it's he's teeny tiny. Is what he's talking about. It's not. He, I don't think he meant to. I don't. I don't think we can hold him accountable to the that it is. There are a few that are smaller. Um, it is a tiny little seed, and grows in it. And to say it's a a, a tree is probably an overstatement. Um, it's a it's a big bush uh, and there's you know can birds of the air come and make their nest in its branches yes and, and how what do they do they carry its seeds all over the place you know so yes there is certainly that uh, that instance and, and that that thought of it But I think I think there's also this sense in which the seed is planted in each of you that the, um, I mean in, in the parable of the, the wheat and the weeds it's, uh, the kingdom of heaven can be like a man who's, who takes uh, who sows good seed but in, in the parable of the uh, mustard seed, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed so it's, the kingdom of heaven is like the thing that is planted and what happens when it's planted? It's hidden it's taken and it's buried and yet somehow it, it gets the nutrients and the, and the stuff that it needs to grow where it is planted and becomes of incredible use. Um, I make this incredible, this really wonderful squash casserole.
1: <laughs>
0: you know what the secret ingredient is? What? Mustard. Yeah, mustard. It just brings out this. Uh, it just. It kind of works behind the scenes. Uh, Amy does the same thing with uh, sausage and egg casserole. Uh, you know, it's just it's, it's must, ground mustard. Uh, in there, it works. It's, it's small, but it brings this uh, incredible uh, life. And, and so, uh, this this thing that is hidden, this thing that is planted, becomes of incredible usefulness and growth and vitality uh, for all to enjoy. It says uh, become. That's not the uh, fire alarm. Is that? Is that your? Uh, is that your uh, scooter beeping, yeah. beeping at us? Okay.
1: It's doing well. Yeah, I think your scooter is
0: beeping. Uh, it oh, was, not anymore.
1: It might be. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, That's all right. I'm sorry. And, hey, no problem. No problem. You can uh, Jeff will give you a ride home. You can just ride right on. <laughs> um, do you find any eschatological note in this? Any end times? Why would Jesus take a left turn like that? I think it is to remind us that the end times are going to take care of itself. Right? You be faithful now. Let the Word grow in you. Planted small, grown great, be of great use. Now we have the parable of 11, which I think is... I mean, you might I've always thought it's kind of strange. I mean, there's virtually no explanation. And actually, in every other instance in Scripture that I can find, uh, any other time leaven is used in any sort of way, uh, you know, it's yeast, it's, um, it's used negatively. Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. It means their teaching is going to get in you and it's going to grow, right? It's gonna... But this is the only instance in which it's used in a positive way. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leaven. Period. End quote. Let's break for lunch. Like it is just the strangest little nothing throwaway parable. Except when you realize uh, there's a few interesting things about it. Number one, he's using something that is often uh, illustrate a negative illustration. Is something very positive. Is the kingdom of heaven. It's light leaven, the one who's doing the kneading. So we've had a, every everything so far has been masculine. The first this is the first time we have a feminine um, principal player, human player in, in that a woman is uh, doing something. We might say, well, you know, it's, it might you know she's baking bread. Let me tell you. Three measures of flour is a bushel of flour. If you put water enough water in it, in order to make dough out of all of it, it will be over a hundred pounds of dough, and many, many, many uh, loaves of bread. This is an enormous task. Uh, that and this is this is a professional baker, y'all. This is this isn't just little uh, you know lady sitting by the fire at home. This is this is a professional a uh, baker. And how does leaven get into the flour? Do you know or do we have any bakers, any bread people in? The well, the yeast. Yeah, that's it, it is the yeast. What 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 is it? Uh how do we get in there? From what I understand, you put it in water and dissolve it into the water first that is going into the flour to make the dough. So, what part of the dough is there not leaven in? No part of the dough. It's everywhere, right? There is absolutely no part of the dough that doesn't have the leaven. Or, to put it this way, there is no part of the world that doesn't have the kingdom of God already working in it. It's there. It's expanding. There's really nothing we can do about it. It's hidden. We don't always see it, but we're sure glad it's there. And, and we just need the eyes to see it. There's an incredible Catholicity about this parable. I mean, if you... Uh, and I'm using... I'm Just full disclosure, I'm using a lot of Capon's uh, words here. But if you really, and I, Robert capen is the commentator, if you really, really wanted to, you could go pick out the seed out of the, you could go get all the seed out of the out of the field, right? You really want, I mean, you know, sort of theoretically, you could sift all the dirt and go get the seed. Once 11's in, you're, you're not taking it out, right? I mean, the, the kingdom of God is everywhere, and I think um right sort of in in conjunction with in in sort of juxtaposition with this idea that there's weeds weed, and wheat and it's kind of our job to figure out which one it is, which one's which or to be which one's which god says the kingdom's everywhere and there's no part of it that I'm not working and you just got to you got to wait and just enjoy what I'm giving to you. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> and um, and then uh, and then let me sort it out. Let me sort it out in the end. You just grow fruit. And be you know. I don't know. Maybe I mean again. Maybe it would have been better if I got all this stuff on paper. But but it um it just seems to me that there is something really wonderful about this parable eleven which just says it's just the kingdom of heaven is just gonna be everywhere you look if you have asked to see it.
1: The thing that hit me on this for the first time ever was the three measures of flour. And that immediately took me to the mustard seed and it took me into the Old Testament and the essence I got from that was the Judeo-Christian heritage, the Muslims, the Jews, and the Christians, and how great God is, that little seed that came from the promise given to all of them, will one day leaven the whole creation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I would say that I'm not probably quite yet comfortable to say that... um, I I think God is working everywhere. I don't think everything is. I mean, there definitely are weeds and wheat, you know. So I don't want to say that all. I certainly don't want to. And I don't think you probably are, but I don't want to say all religions are the same or that God is blessing all the. Yeah, yeah. Using
1: those seeds planted in Abraham's line to bring
0: the leaven to the whole creation. Well, I sure hope so. Yeah, I sure hope so. And I think, if anything, the, the. even if I'm one of the servants wanting to pull out the weeds, I mean the farmer's a lot smarter than I am. Yes, ma'am. You said you had an idea? No, I just I agree
1: with Cain. Oh you agree with Cain? I like that so you like, I, that thought. I like that thought. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then Matthew adds this thing that nobody none of the other synoptics will add to all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable, which might indicate that we probably there's probably parables that he's said lots, maybe that we don't have. We just have the ones we have. And this was to fill what was spoken by the prophets. This is really interesting. That you know, Matthew does this a lot. This is uh, he hadn't done it in a few chapters, but this is he does this a lot. This was spoken uh, to fulfill what the prophet said. He, um, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter which has been hidden since the foundation of the world. What's funny is that that's not Isaiah. Even though there's actually some manuscript that says fulfilled by uh, what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, it's, it's Psalm 78. Um, I will open my mouth in parables. So again, but it is, it is fulfilling the Scriptures. Jesus is doing what the Scriptures said, and He's speaking to them. And I, again, Jesus is saying these things because people don't understand. I don't think it's so that, I mean, uh, like there's, it's not causative. I'm saying it so they won't understand, but I'm saying it uh, because um, in such a way that they're going to, if I just tell them plainly, they're not going to understand. So I'm going to give them something they can chew on and hopefully like the seed, it'll, it'll grow and, and become uh, big in their life. So then he finally explains the parallel of Louise, and he just kind of goes right down the, right down the line. With what we'd expect. There's nothing really particularly uh, surprising about the explanation. And it is fairly eschatological. Except he's not talking about the end times, he's talking about the kingdom uh, itself. Uh, The disciples are asking for an explanation. And he's just kind of it's it's almost like. Again, what Capin says—it's almost like Jesus is saying, "All right, you're intent on working out this end of judgment stuff. Just here, here you go, like you like as a snack, you know, like a dog biscuit or something." Um, but but ultimately, what I'm interested in is is the kingdom now, and that and it's that it's everywhere, universal. Not I'm not saying universalist, but it's it's God is working in all things in in ways that we can't see. Um, or you can take it right on face value, which is a fine way to take it, that, that it's just uh, the one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. It's Jesus, he's the sower. field is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil. When they grow up next to each other, they look alike. You can't tell them apart. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. The reaper is the age. It's just kind of str- It really is. If you think about it, it's kind of strange that he gives him. there's no nuance to it at all. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The sons of man will send his angels, they will gather uh, out of his kingdom all causes uh, of sin, all lawbreakers. Well, of course, I mean, we that's, why look why look towards heaven if the weeds aren't going to be taken out of the field, right? That's we, we look for a day that there is no more tears and no more brokenness and no more cancer and And it's all going to get burned up. And in that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. And I think, I should say, I agree with Capon, that that little phrase is tacked on to make us remember, we all have ears, whether we are wheat or darnel. And His great hope is that we will have the mustard seed planted in us. And the mustard seed of faith, which will grow into something great. Um, so that's, that's what I think. Sorry if it didn't seem quite as buttoned down, and I'm just promising you it won't next week either. <laughs> um, pray for the election. Pray for uh, me. Uh, I've got a lot of details uh, this week. I pray for Elaine, because I've got a lot of details. <laughs> and, um, and just, uh, we'll see you next week. God bless.